change. It's like my dreams out of reach. This pain and all this grief. You see God and you have to speak. Tell him it's crazy in these streets. Feel my pain and you so good. You're on Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Yo, what's happening? What's going on, everybody? You are at the right place at the right time. Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets right here. Holy Culture Radio, Channel 154, Sirius XM, and we are back at you. We have been talking over the last couple of weeks, man, on, you know, the art of rap. You know, we've interviewed a bunch of different artists, a bunch of different MCs and talking about what they're trying to do to move the culture. We talked to Derek Minor, you know, we talked to Cannon, just what does it mean to move the culture? We talked to some local MCs, Phnom and others. We're going to turn a corner a little bit. We're going to interview a, a couple of MCs later about the same topic, but um, this series right now, uh, it, it, what we're going to talk about now is, is about youth and their faith or no faith, you know, and we're calling it young faith or not, right? <clears throat> and so T, uh, uh, who, who's on, the, who, who's with me today? Because I know it's been me for a minute. <laughs> My man been been busy and making things happen, but uh, DJ Ruckus is, 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 is on, the, on, the, on the show today. But we're going to talk about some crazy stuff that happened in Chicago that you may have known nationally. I know it's a big deal. Sometimes what happens in Chicago, people know about it or they may not. <clears throat> but I want to use that as a reflecting point on how we can look at this generation or what's going on in this generation that we are seeing and not seeing about their faith or no faith or their respect of God or not and um, how they're applying that. So uh, give it up right now. DJ Ruckus, what's going on, man? Yo, what's good? It's your boy, DJ Ruckus. Yes, I've been... Been busy, been doing a lot of different things and happy to be back on the show and um and and to discuss this subject, which is a hot one here in in, in Chicago, as you say, man. So yeah, let's yeah. let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So y'all may have seen, um, you know, uh or heard of or whatever the case is. And I'm not trying to say this like y'all everybody know about Chicago stuff, but it was a super duper embarrassing thing in light of Chicago about our young people. So they all went downtown first real consistent, hot, warm day in Chicago in the spring and just went crazy downtown. I mean, they <clears throat> they went as a group. I don't know if it was a, a social media trend. Um, I don't know if it was somebody, you know, uh, uh, ripple with one person and they, they sent a text out and we're going to see y'all downtown, see y'all downtown. But as young people got downtown, specifically like in the heart of per se downtown, um, they just started wilding. And certain things just got out of hand. They they uh, stood on cars and they was twerking, you know what I'm saying? And they was uh, fighting people, kicking cars as they was driving by. Um, they were uh, getting into some fights. One couple, a, a mixed couple, I don't know what the situation was overall, but it just went, it went viral because they stomped on them. They beat them. They was pushing them. And a woman, a mama, black mama. Uh, went to the cops and said, do you see what's going on? Can y'all stop this? Cop didn't do nothing. The black mama went over like a mama and said, stop and move kids out the way and basically rescued that family. They was on, I mean, they was on like CNN. They was on, on Good Morning America. I mean, the, the, the couple was, uh, black and white couple, the black man. And I don't know, they just being a couple. I don't think that was the issue, but he may have said something like, Hey, move out the way or whatever. And they just went crazy and they stomped him and got beat down. And uh, they weren't even necessarily from Chicago, but the mama 
saved him. Like if they would have, no, so the police didn't intervene. If somebody would have intervened, no telling what these kids would have been on, right? And they were just high school kids. And I'm on these calls every Friday with uh, with with the city of Chicago. <clears throat> Some police are on there, but it's about violence in Chicago. And they were talking about like like <clears throat> the reality of these kids were, were dropped off by Ubers and Lyfts. Somebody had some money to send them down that way, or they had a little money themselves. They right. didn't take, most of the people didn't take a train or a bus. They just got down there by, <clears throat> we twerking on, on Clark Street or whatever it was. Um, but it just got out of hand. It was, it was crazy. I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that, T? I mean, and, and, and like, we're going we're gonna to use this as a springboard about young people and their faith or lack of. Yeah, I know. You know, I want to say this has been, probably mostly going on since the pandemic kind of mm. kicked into place. Um, I'm trying to think if it started before, if it, if it started before the pandemic, I can't remember right now. Me um, neither. I can't remember either. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I do remember seeing videos of, of young people just gathering uh, at the malls and actually I want to say it did start before the pandemic. It started, mm. in, it started in our community where you would see a bunch of young young people, probably, you know, due to all of the protests that were going on, you started oh, seeing them okay. gathering probably, yeah. at the malls. Yeah. Um, I, I remember mm. my kids would come to me and they would say, you know, they want to go to the mall. First thing out of my mouth is this ain't one of those young people things where all y'all show up at the mall. Right. And they were like, no, we're, you know, we're just trying to go to the mall to buy something that mommy's going to take us. Mm-hmm. And they got in the mall. They went their separate ways from my wife. And mm. next thing I know, my daughter's calling me panicking. And she's just like, daddy, uh, there's a bunch of fighting going on here at the mall. They didn't mm. keep all the young people at the mall. And we're separated from mommy and we don't know what to do. Oh, you know? my God. And, you know. Me, I'm, 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 I'm probably very calm in, in situations where most people panic. And so I was just like, okay, find the car. She's like, well, my, my son, he out there trying to film everything. And I'm like, oh I'm like, oh. tell him to go to the car, you know? And so luckily at the time I, I had a, a Chevy Malibu and I had the, the package on my phone so I could mm. unlock the doors to the car. Okay. On my phone. So that's what mm. I did. And I, you know, I told him to just get in the car, called my wife, told her what was going on. But okay. I, I believe before the pandemic is when those trends kind of started happening. That makes sense, yeah. You know, and then, you know, started seeing videos popping up of just <clears throat> right. young folks dancing and twerking and, right, you know, right. in different places in the hood. And now, once the pandemic hit, now we see the mass stampede yeah. to, to, to downtown. Uh, we also have the other issue of the car meetups going on. Right. So, you know, when people say, oh, it's it's the African-Americans, it's not just African-Americans. <laughs> right? Right. It is all of our young people. Right. You know, and and I'm going to say it's probably some white kids involved in, in some of this stuff, especially right. with the car meetups. The car mm-hmm. meetups are mostly Asian, white and and and, and Latinx. Now you say you call it car meetups or beat ups? Meetups. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's where they just you know, I got stuck yeah. in one of those. You know, they they just they send out some type of word or message through mm. social media and all these cars just meet up 
and they start doing donuts and racing oh, yeah. and everything else in the middle of the right. street. Right, downtown especially. Right, right. That was crazy. And it was like filming it and it was just going on and on like the cops just let it happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and so even with the, the car meetup one, I'm sitting in traffic and I see all these people out of their cars just just walking oh. to, 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 in front of me. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm sitting in front of a grocery store. I can't see what's really going on, but no traffic is coming my way. I see people trying to turn around and I'm mm. like, okay, did an accident happen or something? You know, right. so I kind of get ready to get out of my car, go up and, 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 and look. And then I see some other people. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, oh, they take, they took over the street. They're doing donuts and, oh, man. and spin outs and burnouts and stuff up there. Right. Right. And I'm like, okay. Let me let them have their fun for a little bit. Then probably five <laughs> minutes later, I'm like, all right, this is a little ridiculous. Right. So I call 911. Okay. Because I see a whole cop <laughs> sitting in the in in the uh grocery store by the, you know, there's the parking lot, then you know, it's a big parking lot, then I can see the lights on the cop car what? in the grocery store. And I'm like, man, they ain't doing nothing. What is nothing. going on? So wow. you know, I call the cops, I call 911, like, hey. You know, y'all need to get some cops over here. Young people are doing burnouts, donuts. You know, people trying to get home. We got places to right. be. Can you send somebody right. to break this up? They said, okay, we'll, we'll we'll alert somebody. You know, and then another five minutes go by. I'm like, what the heck? That cop cops right. sitting over there with the lights on. So wow. I called again. And I'm like, hey, I done called. I'm sure other people are calling. What's going on? Y'all got an officer sitting in the lot over here that could deal with this, but ain't nobody came. Right. I'm like, this right. is ridiculous. Why didn't right. you call the news or something? You know, <laughs> last thing I know now, cops are showing up, you know, and so oh. <laughs> you talk yeah, about calling so the news. It's, yeah, it's so it's turned into a, a whole thing here in Chicago with our young folks. Uh young folks from young adults on down, where right. they just they just I'm gonna call it stampeding. <laughs> mm, stampeding that's a word. That, uh, or tee ups or whatever they want to call it. It's like right. a stampede. They just show up and, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reality of of um, what young people, each generation kind of gets into um, varies, right? And on, 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 on one end, if it varies, but those, whether it's adults or whether it's church leaders or whether it's uh, those in authority, still are in one particular era, there is not a there's not a not and I, I'm not saying there's not an awareness of of uh, of some of the shift culture. I'm not saying I'm not saying that uh, um, they they gotta always be nostalgic, but there needs to be uh, you know, the, the pulse on where young people are at um, in order to awaken them to faith, awaken them to God, awaken them to some some ethics there. Now, to me, everything starts at the home. You know, the, one of the core reasons why we started the house church was because everything. Starts in the house, yeah. and that's how it was a part of our concept. Unless the Lord build a house, it's over with. Don't even go nowhere, right? And so, in the midst of what's happening in the houses, who knows, right? I ain't gonna put everybody else on blast and package it, but there's obvious something that's not happening, right? Right to create a level of a conviction, it's a level of um, um, I can't be this way, and, and and it's not every young person. I mean, oftentimes these situations, even that we see on the news, or even the ones you're talking about. At the mall, it's a handful of kids wilding, 
uh, and they saw somebody and they ran out, they ran out of some store, they went to go fight somebody, and then some kids just followed them and they just began to be a ruckus, right? And all the rest of the kids trying to get some shoes, trying to get uh, you know, some to eat or whatever to hang out. Yeah. I'll just kind of be out the house for a minute, um, get kind of swept up in all of that. So I want to make sure I'm not uh you know, make sure I'm you know, letting people know it. I'm not saying every kid, but man, there are there are dominant uh, uh patterns um in 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 what's happening with young in, in the lives of young people. And and it just seemed like folks are dumbfounded on on on, on what to do and how to mm-hmm. do it um in light of just straight arresting everybody, you know, and yeah. straight uh, shutting things down, you know, which can cause a whole nother rebellion. And the way things are with, with police and everything else, folks are like sensitive about don't touch the kid, don't grab it. They're going to pull their cameras out. So there's a, mm-hmm. there's a tension even with the police about <clears throat> trying to stand up. Um, even with the dude in Chicago, the fraternal order police guy, when they interviewed him about all the ruckus going down, downtown with kids, you know, not that he's the spokesperson for all things with Chicago police department, but he was like, what do you think? One cop's going to go in with 30 kids and he's just going to be safe in the midst of that? Yo, I would hope that it wouldn't just be one cop and I would hope there's some training on how to defuse situations so that they would know what to do. You need four or five cops, y'all defuse the situation, separate kids or do whatever. I mean, even in the work we we do, there's been some training on, on that kind of stuff. But, you know, it and, just, and that, go ahead. No, it just seems as that there's this disconnect, a major disconnect uh, where young people are at. You know, as we're sitting here talking, my memory's kicking back in of when I first started seeing this trend. I want to say mm. it was 20, it was like 2014 or 2013 when I first started seeing this happen. Wow. Um, my aunt was sick with cancer. There was nothing else they could do. And so the family all, my family all came up here to kind of see her mm. um, while she was still conscious and everything. So they all came up. And I remember some of my family wanted to go. This was the 4th of July. They wanted to go the 4th of July weekend. They wanted to go downtown. They wanted to walk the, the, the Navy Pier Beach and then hit the Mag Mile. And so I'm like, okay. I told him, I said, when we do this, you're going to follow my rules to a T. If I tell you to do something, I just need you to do it. Don't ask <laughs> questions. Move when I tell you to move. Because that, that's type, that type of stuff was going on. And so uh, I remember we got to the Mag Mile and they went into Macy's and then they left out. And I all of a sudden just droves of young people just everywhere. And wow. I'm looking and I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, it's time to get away from here. Then I hear my name being called. I look, it's a young man that I was mentoring. Wow. And he, you know, he stayed in a lot of trouble. And so I talked to him and I'm like, bro, why are you, why are you, why are you down here? What's going on? I'm just down yeah. here with my friends. As we talking. His group of friends bro- broke out into a fight with some guys. I immediately <sighs> looked at my family was like, go through this door. There's got to be a door on the other side. Go now. Mm. Don't ask questions. Go now. And you know, <laughs> we got out of there. I got them you know, home safely and looked at the news. There were shootings and fights all over downtown. Oh, but I got my family up out of there safely. Um, right. You know, that was that was what was important. And that, and that was in 13? That was like 13 or 14. Wow. 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 So, yo, we're going to come right back with some more conversation about young people, faith or no faith, faithless. What, 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 what's going on? What, what are we seeing? What, what do we what do we need to do about as believers? Yo, church on the block. Real talk about hip hop. The church in the streets. Seeing a few. 
Holy Culture Radio is operated by the CoreLink Solution, a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential. If you feel led to contribute to this mission, visit www.holyculture.net slash donations. We are back, Church on the Block. What's good, people? We are talking about young faith uh, or not, right? Young people, faith or not. And we're talking about specifically in our own hometown of Chicago and the complications with young people you may have seen on the news or whatever, wilding out downtown. I mean, you probably have seen and heard about when they was wilding out with the riots. Mugs was rioting. The riots was ridiculous. Now, I get, right, fighting for a cause, trying to get attention to the powers that be. But there's a right way to go about it and a wrong way to go about it, right? And there's always debates about whether it's wrong because we've been wrong for so long. There's always kind of conversations about it. But in the midst of the newness of all of that, right, it's it's perpetuated even to more craziness downtown. I mean, Terrence, DJ Ruckus talked about 2013 seeing it and, and, um, and it has trickled into that even before COVID and after COVID. But I wonder, man, um, in, in ministry to young people, right, um, what has happened uh, over the years? Now, I've been in youth ministry 34 years and in, in, in the local church, um, um, a bunch of them years. And, and we rec- I recognize as I'm working with high school kids that the high school kids need something different than the eighth grade kids, right? We had six, right. seven, eight grade. They need something totally different. Eighth grade kids going to be bouncing off the wall. So you got to keep them moving. All the time. Stand up, sit down. We're going to pray. Stand up, sit down. We're going to read. Stand up, sit down. We're going to play a game. And then we out, right? High school kids, they want to sit, chill. Maybe they play some spades. And then we, bam, we get into get into the word or get into some kind of activity or, or go on a trip. There was always a different generation, though, that, every, every time. So the eighth graders, they, they become high schoolers. And the eighth graders, after them, there's a, a way that you got to serve and love on them. They they may want to be outside all the time. They may want to be on so different ways, but you got to be observant of all of that. And I, and I say that because you know, in, the, in the local church, and I don't necessarily know the numbers now, but it's a low number, more than likely, of somebody dedicated full time youth ministry at a local church in the hood, at the African American church. And you know, in North Lawndale, I know we had a full time youth ministry at Lawndale Community Church. I know um, there's some there's some parachurch ministries that do great church, but I can't think of a dedicated youth pastor full time on staff at a local church in North London besides London Community Church. I mean, I know Harmony um, has a guy, but he's working another job and going to school. Um, right. but, I, but, I, but I say that because, and I'm, and I'm not saying every church maybe need to have one, but there needs to be a way in which we have the pulse. I still believe, man, that the church is the gatekeeper for what God would have us do for us, the kingdom of God and building that. But I think there's been a, been a huge gap of that, right? So I don't know when that gap started. I mean, um it, it, did the gap start uh, after Kurt Franklin? I mean, you know what I mean, after you look at me, you know, you look at music. Did, did the gap start because um, I mean, COVID may have created a whole new kind of wave of disconnect because now you can watch your church online and 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 you don't have to necessarily be connected to the people and um, and maybe mom and them didn't care about it would argue, start didn't want to start arguing with you so much. Sit on the couch. We're gonna go to church and watch this and just, and just go up in your room and maybe they stop. All those kind of variables could have taken place, uh, but I'm not blaming that only as a way of why kids are just wilding. But there's just this disconnect. There's a there's a there. There used to be a time, even in the early 2000s, where there was, you know, a respect of of what cats are are are, are saying and doing around anybody. But now it's not even not even that way. You know, um, 
and, and I don't know uh, what that how that how that affects. Um, I mean, I do know from the work that we do, right? How that affects um, uh, employers, right? If you got the same kind of kids wilding out on the street, what kind of employers are you gonna have? Right? You know what I mean? You're gonna have cats who are gonna be like, "Well, you didn't tell me to move that mop." Yo, you mop the floor, put the mop in the back. Like, mm-hmm. where's the common sense stuff that that's there, right? And I don't know if um, you know parents who are raising their children as young uh, children uh, themselves. Um, got to a point because the kids were just out of control that they just said, look, I'm going to let you fend for yourself. Or if the parents themselves got caught up in some stuff, or if the parents said, look, uh, the mama going to raise you or the daddy going to raise you. And there became a disconnect there. Um, I mean, what do you say T? I mean, what do you think like the young people that we serve and work with, I mean, what do you think is some of that gap that, that it seems like it's a big, huge chasm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a lot of different things. I think one people people of that that, are, that live in low income areas that tend to go to church, they tend to, well, I'm gonna say we because I live in a low income area, right? We tend mm-hmm. to look at 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 God and the church, and I want to say we look at the stuff that goes on in our communities and. And we look at what the churches are doing and we we tend to equal that out to, well, God ain't here or God ain't going to do nothing about it or the church is the problem or the churches are not helping. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, it's 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 you know, it's, it, you know, from hearing some of our young people, they're always saying, you know, what the church do, what did the church do for us? Right. Hey, how they help in our communities. Right. All they do is take money. Right, 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 right. right. So you you have, you know, in black and brown communities, you have this this traumatic response to all of the racism and, and systematic things that's been going on. And then you have all this this different type of church abuse that has gone on in the communities and the mistrust that's been placed there with the people in the church. Mm-hmm. And if you add all of that stuff up. I think what you have is a, a a generation of people who just don't go to church anymore, who don't want to socialize or be affiliated with a church home. Mm-hmm. Everybody will tell you, oh, right. yeah, I, you know, I grew up in this church. But right. how come you stopped going? Right. Right. I mean, I think <clears throat> when young people are not grounded in faith mm-hmm. and they see whatever national Christian national Christianism or whatever on TV, political or whatever. And somebody saying, you know, here's the Bible and, and, and here's uh, what we're supposed to believe. And they're not doing that or, or, or parents or somebody's, um, you know, dissing some p- political figure because of what they said. I think it, if you don't have a foundation to build anything on, you're going to kind of get the surface full kind of grasp of these little news clips. Mm-hmm. And you're going to try to say, this is why I don't believe in God, Joe. This is why I don't yeah. understand. And, and you're just going to kind of piece it together. It ain't going to make no sense. But you're going to have a backbone of it because you're on social media. You're seeing stuff. And then if there is no other voice out there to say, nah, this is a, this is how we ought to live. Yeah, we make mistakes, but this is how we ought to. Then you don't even have anything to combat that with, what you're piecing things together, right? And you mm-hmm. find that there is, you know, cynical, there's a cynical kind of vibe with it. You know, there's. Um, this 
this whole effort to deconstruct this Christianity stuff, right? And then if you add another element of this white Jesus, this white man's religion, this faith, then it, then it can even create a, a whole other deeper uh, disconnect because there is this um, uh, ra- racial divide that we've always had in America, but it's gotten wider and even more aggressively w- wider, seemingly from different political uh, spans, which cause cats to only want to side with people of their race, of their ethnicity, right? And right. having having a sense of comfort in that space, though same people who maybe you're comforted in are not necessarily even relevant to you about what's going on in your life, even though they may be black. Um, and so they still are not as relevant, but you still want to connect. So it's this whole confusing ball, man. And I think, I think just like anything, right? If you don't stand for anything, you'll, you know, you know, you don't, you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And the reality of having, uh, <clears throat> this, this broader gap, uh, in the lives of young people, um, has, I think, it, it just obviously shows there's no real, uh, you know, there's no real uh, conviction. That's the thing, right? No, no real conviction. Um, um, the, 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 the fact that uh, the foundations are destroyed, right? Psalms 11, you know, talks about that. And it says that um, uh, it says in Psalm 11, verse one to three, uh, in the Lord, I put my trust. How can I say to my soul, flee as a bird? Uh, to your mountain for look, the wicked bend their bow, bend their bow, and they made ready their arrow for the string that they may shoot secretly the, the upright in the heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know, yeah. and, and 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 that's the part right there. Have foundations of faithful believers been destroyed? Haven't been upheld? You know, it's like anything. After a while. Even if your kids keep kind of sweat, can we go? Can we go? Can we? Hi, right, let's just go. You right. can, you can look at that as slowly destroying foundations, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's not a if there's if there's not a line that's being held, then when young people, no matter what generation, buck up against that, and that line begins to fold back, and then the foundation to me, you know, begin to get destroyed, and then you leave it up to anybody's mindset of how we ought to live, how we ought to move, you know, how we ought to navigate spaces. What do you mean I can't have sex with, you know, 10 women every week? What is up with that? You know what I mean? And some of that stuff is not old. I ain't saying it's like brand new, ooh, ooh, ooh. but it is, um, um, exemplified differently, <laughs> right. you know, than, than other generations in the past, you know, and maybe because of social media, maybe because of phones, maybe because of access to things, now, you know, let me ask you, go ahead. I, I got a question for you after you finish this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I think, I think, when you look at technology and it's good and bad and you look at parents being raised up as they're raising their kids up and whether they got strength or not a support or not, or they're younger or not, I think uh, giving their kids technology so young at different time without some type of scrutiny may have, I mean, even my grandson, 12 Zion, he'd be on some stuff like, yo, give me that phone, man. What are you doing? I'm not within 24 hours a day to manage that. Right. Right. So he talk, he's talking older talk, but he's borrowing language from stuff. He ain't got no real substance around. You yeah. poke holes in his talk. He like he don't really got a, a foundation for it, but he's heard it. He thinks it, and then he memorizes it and spits it back. But there's no real, no real value there. You know, I, I remember my kids had to been about they ranged from six to about ten, and um, I was working in corporate America. I was doing desktop support, and uh, this company had just hired me, and this is a 
this was a Fortune 500 company that I went to go work for. And I'm working for this company. And in my interview, I had to interview with like five people in one in, in, in the interview. And I remember the director mm. of the department that I was going to be working in. She looked at me and she asked me a question. She says, do you allow your kids to to use technology, computers and everything else? Now, you would think as a as a person going into that works in, in technology, I'm going to be like, yeah, plus I'm on the interview. I was like, no, I don't. I, right, I looked at right. her and I was like, I don't. I don't. I don't believe that kids should be using technology at such young young age. And she was like, really? Explain. And I told her. I said, you know, I make my kids play with toys. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the eighties. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of technology, advanced technology. We still had TV and we had toys. So I spent mm-hmm. most of my time playing with toys. And, and watching TV, right? The toys mm-hmm. helped create a creative spark for me to get inventive in my thinking. You know, because mm-hmm. you got to be creative to play with toys. You got to come up with storylines and <laughs> stuff for your toys to do. Otherwise, it's just boring, right? And so uh-huh. I told her, I said, I feel that if you if you remove toys too fast from kids, it takes away their creativity. Right. And that right. letting them be kids and just play with toys. I think it's perfectly fine. Right. You know, and and so that was something me and my wife both agreed upon. And, you know, I think around 13, maybe 14 or 15, somewhere up in there, we gave somebody a cell phone. Okay. Probably 13. <laughs> we gave somebody a toy cell phone. And that a was toy- the biggest mistake. If I could go I- back and change that. A toy cell phone? We gave them a, a cell phone that didn't work. Okay, okay, and and you know, they but they could they could use it, but it didn't. It wasn't it, it wasn't active. Wow. You know, so they can use it and play games <laughs> on it. And I think that was the biggest mistake we probably ever made was what? giving them a phone to, just, to use. Just just that toy phone did did enough. Not a toy, but it was like a real phone that was nobody didn't phone. want anymore. Yeah, it just wasn't working right. Right. Yeah. Nobody, you know, it, so it wasn't activated anymore, the cell phone service. But if you had Wi-Fi, you could use it. Oh, you know? okay, and, okay. And, and, and I, you know, I know that's one of my biggest regrets is letting mm. them have that phone because it was just like right after that, all you saw was this. Everybody <laughs> sitting at the table with their phones in their hand, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I turned right. into a, if you can't beat them, join them, you know. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> It's it, it, technology. While it's, yeah. it's 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 fun, it's it's something awesome. I believe it also hinders creativity if yeah. we move, if we put it in their hands a little bit too fast. Yeah, because because it's like it's like even giving a kid <laughs> who's like um, five some two hundred fifty dollar BMX bike. You know, yeah. they will not know how to handle that piece, right? Mm-hmm. And I I think that that's a great point that you you bring out, T. I think. You know, even even um, my grandson Shay, they've learned not to have him watch a lot of TV during the weekday because he gets so caught up in the show, the cartoon. It's two hours for him to go to sleep, right? Yeah. So they recognize this, and then he does homework. They got a routine for him, and that routine helps him not even care about the TV. Weekends come, Aquanox, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off, right? But it's yeah. a different kind of thing. Um, 
And I think you're right. I mean, the the, the go ahead and get away from me, y'all. Y'all get away. Go on and go on and watch that thing. Go on, go on and get away from me, man. You know? Yeah. Um, and that and that has come back to haunt us, I think, looking at this generation. Not the only thing, but just one of the maybe more one dominant the things. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even in school, get your phone, phones, 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 right? And um folks <laughs> they they be on FaceTime with the phone on the on the, on the counter while yeah. they in the kitchen. Yeah. Why 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 ain't you on Facebook? Why you even gotta talk? Just talk on the phone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it creates a disconnect. I think a human touch. A disconnect in the midst of that, and and you know uh, when we come moving. back, I'm a I want to talk a little bit more about uh, about technology and some things that I I've seen when it comes to socially awkwardness with mm. this generation that I think could play a part in what we see going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be right back, man. Church on the block. Real talk about hip hop, the church and the street, youth, young faith, or not. We we'll right back. New videos, music, articles, devos, and more. Stay connected. Get the app now so you don't miss a thing. Visit holyculture.net. Yo, we are back, man. We're talking about young faith or not. Recognizing the challenges that are, are out there and how how big of a gap there is seemingly with young people and laying a solid foundation in their life, knowing values and ethics and morals. And we're not saying everybody, but there's a dominant movement of of recklessness and 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 lawlessness and carelessness about about their life and about uh, it's all about me for me. And uh, we talked about technology in the last section. T, you had a point you were going to bring up um, uh, about that, DJ Ruckus. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I also realized with this generation, they're very socially awkward, mm. right? They're used to sliding in DMs and instant messaging. And right. this is how, this is their world. This is how to communicate. So mm-hmm. uh, during spring break, we had um, a bunch of young people in the building. They were given an assignment to invite their friends. Right. Right. And I remember, I remember uh, Heyman who run who runs our Spark Arts program. I remember him being frustrated by it. And I mm-hmm. looked at him and I said, here's the thing to remember. You're asking them to invite their friends. They don't really have friends like that. <laughs> like they talk to everybody on social media if they talk to anybody at all. Most mm-hmm. of them might have a small circle of like three or four friends, unless mm-hmm. they're guys and guys tend to, to group together and they get, they get a little destructive and <laughs> some of the stuff that they might be doing. Right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's mostly what we see. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't have, you know, my daughter, I got my daughter. She's a complete introvert. She got, mm. fr- she got about three or four friends that I know of. Wow. But she does not hang out with them. She's in mm. college. She might go out with one friend once a month, if that. <laughs> Mostly, she's just fine with being here in the house and 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 watching uh, all of those uh, fake reality TV oh, shows. Right, right, you know? and, and, right. And so one of the things I'm always messing with her about, I'm like, man. What I gotta do? Create a uh, a YouTube channel so, and, and talk to you through that so you can uh, spend some time. With them. But that's their world. That's what they do. So they're a bit yeah. socially awkward too. So right. you know, I think part of what we see that happens when they when they do this rush to downtown and they they get into these little situations. This is them letting out their frustrations that they don't probably even recognize that they have about their own social awkwardness. Yeah. And and it's almost as if <coughs> um, they don't recognize it as socially awkward. I mean, they don't recognize it 
as um, a thing, you know, as a thing. Then when you get a bunch of them together, right, and they're socially awkward because they haven't been like that together. I mean, school is one thing, but like outside, watch, you know, kicking it. Then a bunch of emotions just go all over the place. Online, social media wise, you can say, do whatever. You can be in a social, in, in an emotional state, and and maybe there is uh, some uh, uh, video or, or or some kind of, um, I mean, like like FaceTime or some kind of uh, feeling you get talking so so far apart. But when you write there with somebody and they bugging up, and and, and you used to them on a social media bugging up. Are you familiar with that? But not personally. I can only imagine, like, what do we do with this? How do I cope with this? My friend, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. All of a sudden, you co-signing on some stuff that they own. There's not even your thing. There's not even your thing. You know what I mean? So, you know, what happened in Chicago, everybody, is that a bunch of pastors, over three to 500 men, Christian men and some 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 non-Christian men, some uh, rabbis I know came, came out and marched with uh, these pastors about... Um, you know, this this movement of um, of uh, the young people, they came like the following weekend. Now, on one end, I don't care. I mean, I, what I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm grateful that the church is doing something. I'm grateful that they uh, felt a conviction to make a difference in, in, in that space. And, and, and I didn't go. My wife and I had a had a, a, a plan already to go to this play. Um, but um, they marched. And, and on, on another end. At least it is showing, hey, everybody in Chicago, this is not the culture we are raising. This is not the people we are. You know, so it was it was all kind of variable messages in that kind. And then, you know, they had paperwork, I guess, or places to do for young. But nobody, no, no young people showed up. They were they were there in anticipation of a warm day where young people would be out that way, and that they would be a force to be uh, both creating security, safety, and loving on the kids. Right, but no kids were out that 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 day. Um, it was, it was reactionary and you know, I, I get that. I get that. It wasn't necessarily a, a real thought through, um, response to, to a, a, a perpetual situation, but I don't necessarily know if, 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 um, you know, if I interviewed a young person and said, Hey, uh, what do you think about these churches? If they would really have a care about that, like they was down there, I don't know if they would want to even take advice from or take any kind of wisdom from these folks. And so I'm, I'm selling that because even though they, their efforts were noble, even though I'm grateful that the church is stand up, even though they got you know news coverage, it was 500 men out there. I don't necessarily know what the next plan is or what the next step is, but I appreciate somebody being able to make a call and in one week bring getting brothers out that way. But again, I think in some regards, it shows the gap between where young people are and where the church is at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It kind of further perpetuates that we don't really get you, but we we here for you if if you want to get got. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I'll say this, not to disrespect anybody's marching, but marching is, is, is such a civil rights way of doing things. Right. And this generation is so far removed from Man. that era. They don't understand right. it. And so marching, while it may be good for political reasons, it does not send a message to the younger generation that they're going to respect. That is my right. opinion. Um, and I think they kind of laugh at it. Yeah. When we, when, when it's done, it doesn't, it, it, it's, you know, because again, I think we missed the mark. Yeah. We're not, we're not 
going to them to find out what their needs are. We're telling them what we want them to, you know. Now, I'm also one of those people who feel like, okay, this got to stop and we got to do something a little bit more strict. <laughs> strict. Yeah. But at the same time, I also feel like on the other side of that, we got to meet them, talk to them, find out what, what's going on. Right. Is it that they can't hang out in the neighborhoods because of the gun violence? Yeah. And they're looking for safer places that they think are safer to go. And then, oh, oh, you know, what is it? What is it that they need? Right. That's my thoughts. I mean, the reality of of uh, 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 a real concerted effort might have been, let's call all the young people, all these 500 men in the areas you serve, all of them come to the, some gym, come to some location. Let's eat, let's chop, let's hoop, let's play. Or, or let's do something where we're going to, we're going to go door to door. I mean, we're going to do, so now them young people ain't think about going downtown because they talking about job, they talking about work or they talking about whatever, but get the young guy, young kids attention. And then you can kind of build from there. Um, if, if it is that their jobs is the hook to meet them, meet them in that spot, you know, to take them what God would have them to be. I just, I just wonder like um, the consistency of all that kind of action. I mean, that's a concern of mine. I mean, that's the, that's the uh, uh, knock on the church a, a lot of time, right? The inconsistency of things, right? And the react, the reactionary response. So, T, what do you think? And we can dialogue about it. But what do you think would be not just necessarily the bigger, you know, a macro move of all of that? Like in a context of everybody going to come out and march downtown, and, and 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 again, it's downtown. Like we want our city to be nice. We want people to come downtown and be safe. But yo, downtown is. Are we going downtown to protect the money? So that people can have and spend more money when our our communities are broke, like all these kind of ironies to me that, that happen in that space. But what would be the ideal way um, that that could be to turn uh, our young people back back to faith? Turn our young people back to I mean, so much data is out there, so much stuff, so many reports out there, uh, and, and and old news like young people talking about well, ain't nothing there for me in, 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 anymore. Whether they're young adults and they went off to Scott college or they. They had to go to church all their high school years. Now they don't go back after that. And they're working. They're like, it's nothing there for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, what is it that um, is, is sort of a, a movement of an answer you think? Um, and, and we can go back and forth. I can, I can talk about a few things about it and, and, and then yeah. throw it back at you. Yeah. No. So one of the things I think we, we got to first do is, is find out from this generation of what, what, what their thoughts are around faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to hear them there. And yeah. be prepared to do our research to help them answer those questions mm, of what mm-hmm. what faith is for them, what they believe, why they believe what they believe, what questions do they have, why don't they come to church? What is it that we mm-hmm. can do better to for them to trust the church more? We we yeah. we, we got to we gotta we gotta do this. Then mm-hmm. we gotta have phenomenal youth youth services for them we gotta yeah you know again a church can't just be about sitting in the walls all day and all day yeah sitting around talking about how good god is we gotta get right. out and have some fun right. with this generation they right. want to get out and right. do things so we got to take them places yeah take them so that they can see things yeah that's that's going to be important for them otherwise yeah. we're going to continue to go go down this same slope our churches need to be challenged a little bit more in the way we've been doing youth services. And maybe it's time to hire some full-time youth pastors that could volunteer in some of these schools. 
There's an organization yeah. out there called Grip the School. I love what they do because their focus is they're a Christian-based organization, but their focus is let's go meet the kids where they are. They're at schools. Let's go meet them. Right. And let's be present. Let's take out the garbage. Let's let's serve. Let's clean up the dishes and help in the kitchen. Let's get a group of volunteers who are available uh, to be right. present for, for these young people. And then we're going to ask them to hang out with some of our coaches and mentors. Right. Right. I mean, say, for example, you know, my thoughts would be that let's have an entire um, I don't know, four months, four months. And the church says, you know what, every um, twice a month from from May when the spring kicks off and schools are about to let out through when schools go back in, we're going to be in, we're going to have a church uh, like on the street. And on the street, what I mean is. We're going to leave. We're going to start here. We're going to go all through throughout the neighborhood on a Sunday and then on a Monday and then on a Tuesday. And we're going to we're going to have certain things that folks are going to do. We want all the men to post up on the corners, these hot corners, um, train them or whatever. Uh, but being there, being there for like um, for like um, uh, uh, Friday night and a Saturday night, you know, and then they're going to be there from from midnight to, to eight o'clock or whatever. And just you're, you're, you're the church in those spaces. And then you're going to go. Um, to, to the barber shop. You're going to other, other spaces like that. Maybe you meet with the barber. Hey man, when a bunch of young people come through, okay, we want to pay for some of these young guys' haircuts. And then we want to have a chance to do um, just how to get a job at the barber shop. Whatever the case may be, but something to where, wow, these guys are out here all the daggum time, right? You know, it's so whether it's, a, whether, whether it's on a Sunday or they move church on a, we move church on a, on a Saturday for two, 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 twice a month. And then we, and then on Sunday, we're going, we're going to hit the neighborhood. Meet us at two o'clock and we're going to do that. We're going to open gyms up something where there is more human touch, uh, where there can be a, a space where you can realize, you know, there's a lot more complexity to where young people are at. You know, um, you know, so many young people we say um, are relationally resistant. Whatever happened to them with adults or teachers or police or aunties and uncles, they just had to find a way to make sense emotionally out of whatever took place or didn't to sustain sanity, right? right. I, and, and I'm not calling them as victims, but in some of that, they just said, I'm going I'm to I'm take care of me, me for me. And if me for me means disrespect for whoever else is an adult, then that's what it means because I, I got to keep myself uh, safe. So how do, we, how do we recreate that? I think there needs to be more churches in the schools. Mm-hmm. You don't got to do nothing. There's a group out of Alabama T, you probably know them, Alabama um, somewhere in the South, and they call dads on duty. They just see dads, they got shirts, they dad on duty. You know what they do? They roam the hallway, man. Y'all stop that, man. You know, and then after, you imagine there for, after a year, kids and recognize grown men in the daggum hallway are going to be like loving on them, walking with them, and they've never seen grown men give them that kind of affirmation and accountability in a way that's, uh, in a way that's soft and, 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 and not soft so much, but in a way that's welcoming. Mugs will be like, Yo, let's do some more. So sometimes it's not rocket science, man. It's just uh, that level of attention to be able to bridge this gap. Yo, I want to tell y'all about this uh, boat. And there was a boat in Philadelphia. There was a strike in Philadelphia of trash, a trash strike. <laughs> Mugs didn't want to uh, pick up the trash. It was like for months. Trash was all over the place. When the trash strike finally unloaded and finally got back to normal, they took all the trash and they put it on this boat called the Pelican. It was like a big old boat that they have. Um, that they, they put in the ocean and they carry a bunch of stuff. They put that much trash on this boat. The boat went out to the water 
And it got so toxic, right, that no port would let it back in. No port would let it back in. That thing was out there 10, 15 years just floating around. Just imagine you, the crew. That boat can't come in nowhere because it's too toxic. Look, we're a situation now with a lot of trash in the lives of a lot of our young people. A lot of stuff has been piled in our society. A lot of stuff has been compiled and compiled. Nobody's addressed it. And young people are trying to port. They're trying to dock. But adults, the church, the people of faith aren't able to meet them right where they are to take them where God would have them be taking all their trash in as Christ took your trash in so that you can be redeemed and restored and used uh, for the kingdom. Yo, let us grab our young people right where they are, take them where God would have them to be so they can see that Christ is really real. Christ said in his word, y'all going to know my people because of love and how they love each other. Yo, let's love and love uncontrollably. Let's love at risk. Let's love not at risk. I ain't using it that way. Let's, let's love risky in a, in a risky way, um, the way God did. Yo, this is Pastor Phil, DJ Ruckus, and we are out. Church on the Block, real talk about hip hop, the church on the streets. We'll see you next week.